0: Well, good morning. We, too, want to greet you, um, you that are online, you that are in the venue, and if this is uh, your first time here, my name is not Rick Countryman. Um, I am Pastor Gordon Rumble, and folks, Rick got sick, and uh, so we're praying for him. He's uh, There's been a violent case of the flu going around, and um, I think his wife got it first, and he's got it, so he's down today, and I'm up, so... Uh, if you do have his notes, uh, you can keep them. Uh, I do agree with his first line here. Life can be a bummer. Um, and it is for him right now. It's uh, not fun to have the flu. But uh, he will be back next week from what we understand. Keep him in our prayers. And, and we will. he will be kicking off the, um, the Ecclesiastes on, for uh, the month of June. <clears throat> You know, uh, six days ago, we, <clears throat> we had what we call Memorial Day, and I think uh, Bobby uh, alluded to that, and it's a time we remembered, <clears throat> and I think over 15, 20 times as uh, Pastor Bobby was up here the, this morning and, and led us through communion, he used that word, remember, remember, remember. remember. And I thought, you know, what a better way to maybe today, I'm just going to um, use, borrow one word out of that, memory. We're going to talk about memory. We're going to talk about the importance it is for the body of Christ, we as believers, and how important it is for us and how we fill and put into our minds that creates what we call this thing, Memory. If you have your Bibles, I'd like to read a portion of Scripture this morning out of Luke chapter 16, verses 19 through 31. I'd like to read out of the King James text this morning. I like the story, uh, the way it flows with King James. So um, we will read. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen, and he fared sumptuously every day. That means lavish. And seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water, and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime received good things, and likewise, Lazarus, evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house, for I have five brethren that he may testify unto them lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham said unto him, they have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, nay, father Abraham, but if one would if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto them, him, if they hear not Moses And the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Verse 25. But Abraham said, Son, remember. Memory. When you get my age, on the other side of 60, quite a ways, sometimes... Um, the old brain uh, is a little bit harder to plug things into our memory banks and remember them. That's life. That's the way it is. And I love the story of the old couple, the, both of their 90s. And uh, they had trouble remembering day-to-day things. And so what they did, they sat down, they said, well, what, there's what we need to do. We need to write down our request and then give them to each other so it's written down and we would remember. So they agreed to that. They were sitting there one evening in their chairs and the old man said to his wife, he says, honey, I would like to have a Sunday with chocolate ice cream, bananas, whipped cream, nuts, and a cherry on top. And so she slowly gets out of her chair and starts to walk towards the kitchen. And he says, no, wait a minute. She says, Don't you want to write this down? She says, honey, I'm not that far from the kitchen. I know you want a Sunday. It's chocolate ice cream and the nuts and the whipped cream and the cherry on top. It's just around the corner. I will get it for you. Five minutes went by. Ten minutes went by. Fifteen minutes went by, and his dear wife comes back out and sits in front of him a tray with bacon and eggs and orange juice. (laughs) And he looks up at his wife and smiles, and he says, See, I told you to write it down. Where's the toast? (laughs) That's not really funny. Because I don't get the story, no. (laughs) Well, you know, there is a serious side of the subject before us in our memory. And I'm just going to pull out some memory banks out of the Word of God. In Matthew chapter 25, or 26, verse 75, there we have a man standing by a fire. And people look at Peter and they says, you're the one that knows this man, Jesus. He says, I don't know what you're talking about. And they kept it up and they says, you know him, we've seen you with him. And he says, I don't know him. And not only did he say, I don't know him, he cursed and he swore. And the minute he cursed and swore, there was a rooster that crowed in the distance. And out of the filing cabinet, in Peter's memory, he remembered what Jesus said. And he wept bitterly. That's all it took was when that rooster crowed. I think about a man in 1 Samuel chapter 25. His man name was Nabal. He was a wicked man. He was a wealthy man. He turned David and his servants away when they asked him for a few things. Abigail, his wife, heard about it and they decided, she decided to do something about it. So she made him 200 loaves of bread, 200 cakes, raisin cakes, two bottles of wine, and uh, took it to David and his men and begged David not to come and annihilate him. David was impressed and he says, I will not hurt you. She goes back home and it was late at night and the Bible says that Nabal got drunk that night so she waited till the breakfast table the next morning and as they began to talk, she shared with Nabal what she had done with David. And as that memory came out of his hatred for David, that memory bothered him so much for what she had done, the Bible says that his heart turned to stone and he died. Memory. I think about a man that lived with Christ for three and a half years. Can you imagine being with Christ one week? Can you imagine, though, three and a half years that Judas lived breathed, sat at every campfire, watched the miracles. And in the back of his mind, he was stealing money openly and getting ready to buy a plot of ground. He betrayed Christ. And all of a sudden, the memory came rushing in on him and he tries to throw the money and give it back and they wouldn't take it. And the Bible says, the weight-crushing memory of that man led him to go hung, hang himself memory wow 1973 one of the first times i took my wife on a date 1973 and uh we what we called double dating we had a couple in the back and hiding eyes in the front and uh we were going to go to church at miwok village there was a little church up in miwok village and so we get in our car, and I don't know what made me do it. It's about 8.30 in the morning. We go through Oakdale, and there was a drunk along the side of the road that had his thumb out. That isn't something you want to do on a date. <laughs> but I did. I don't know if I was trying to be a hero or what, but, uh, but Claude Bakker, I'll never forget his name, Claude Bakker got in that car, and he stunk. And not only did he stink, but every sentence he said was a cuss word. He, that's all the vernacular he had was cuss. And we'd ask him questions, just cussing. And finally, I pulled over and I said, Claude, we can't do this anymore. Not only these young ladies, but God the Father in heaven, you're using some really bad language. And he cried, and even as he confessed and repented, he was cussing. <laughs> so we had a, a problem. I didn't want to leave him along the road. And so it was either Heidi or the couple in the back, they said, Why don't we sing? And the minute we sang, the minute we started singing, Claude Bacher, not only did he break down and continue to cry, but Claude Bacher sang every word, every song, all the way to Sonora. And then he, before we let him out there, he says, I was raised as a believer. But I took the wrong path. I went into drinking. I lost my family. I lost my children. I lost my job. And here I was in Oakdale, California. But he says, I'm going home. Memory. He knew the songs. He was no different than the Jews that forgot God. And they went down there in Babylon. It says they hung their harps on the willows. They lost their joy. They sang the songs of Babylon. And Claude Bakker, I trust, as we prayed with him, stayed on the right path. I'm thinking about a man called Paul Maynard Guess. Paul Maynard Guest was, no, was about 35, 40 years ago, I think, in San Francisco. He was going home one night, and all of a sudden he felt a bump. Uh, in the front of his bumper and, and just boom like that and he thought man that is bad I must have hit a dog or something And so he kept driving and, and then every time he'd turn a corner it'd bump again and bump again and finally he says there's something wrong with my tire so Paul Maynard Guest gets out of the car and there is a man hanging onto the bumper shredded dead Paul had a choice to make He said, there's no fingerprints on the man. I didn't do it. He came out of nowhere. So he just takes his foot and he kicks him off the bumper, rolls him back into the bush on one of the side streets. And that was it. 3,331 days later, Paul Maynard Guest walks into a precinct in San Francisco, a police station, and he screams to the top of his lungs, I did it! And they said, You did what? And he confessed what happened nine years before that. Folks, that's the power of memory. I think of an old lady laying over at English Oaks right now, body racked in pain. Been there for a long time. You walk into that room and you're going to hear something like this. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. How does she do that? Somewhere in her life, she packed the right things in her mind And now even as she's getting ready to walk into eternity, it's coming out. The Bible says, as a man or as a woman thinks in their heart, that is the way they're going to be. And it doesn't mean, it doesn't matter your age, it doesn't matter where you are, what you are, what you're doing in life. The things that we pack into our minds and our memory, it will come out good or bad. So what is memory? I read this, it's in my Bible here, memory is the power of our souls to keep the knowledge of everything in the past. Let me read that again. It is the power of our souls to keep the knowledge of everything in the past. You see, memory is like a foundation. It is just like a foundation that we build up in our minds and and it affects everything that you do in your daily actions. You're going to go and create memories today. The things that you do with your children, the things you do with your grandchildren, wherever you go eat today, it's going to be packing in there and it's a memory that's going inside. And some of that, is gonna go in short term, some of it's gonna go in long term, but the stuff that goes in the long term makes a big difference of how you're going to act. The scriptures that you and I are to be taken into our life and things out of the word of God, that goes into long term memory. When Rick called Friday night, I had 21 hours. And I give every bit of credit to the Holy Spirit of God because I went home, I couldn't hardly sleep. So Saturday morning I get, come down here and I'm praying, Lord, what do I do? What do I do? Where do I go? And the Spirit says, well, just pull out sermons that you did 30, 40 years ago. Oh, yeah, okay. And I keep little things, notes over the years and I pulled one out in 1980. What you're hearing right now took place in 1980. Well, few things change. Scriptures don't change. Not at all. And as you pray about it, just pull out of the memory banks things that you put in there years ago. See, we're a trichotomy. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 23 that we are a body, we are a soul, we are a spirit. The spirit within you has been born again by Christ. He sits on your heart, the throne. Your body's this fleshly earth suit that we walk around in, it's flesh and blood. But the soul is the mind, the will, and the emotions that are inside our brains. And they are the ones that control what. when we allow things to come in. The backlog of my thoughts affect my present action and the things I think about in the future. This is how serious this is. No one in here will ever flee from what you daily put in your minds. That's serious. You cannot flee from what you repeat in your minds. You put a lot of crummy stuff in, it's gonna leak out somewhere. You put good stuff in, it's gonna come out somewhere in word and action. And that is why we keep saying that same verse over and over and over. We have trained our children even with that. As you think, as you think, as you think, that's probably what you're going to be like. And we make those choices. I'm going to show you how powerful it is. I'm going to say a word, one word. All of you in your memories, you're going to pull out a filing cabinet. And the minute I say that word, that filing cabinet is going to go 100 trillion, 120 trillion cells and connectors and everything. going work immediately. And the minute the word comes out of my mouth, your filing cabinet is coming open. And you're going to see exactly what this word is. Are you ready? In a nanosecond, you're going to do it. Yosemite. Wow, every brain here, deep inside the thalamus and the hippocampus and all that stuff, it went down. And you brought up things like Vernal Falls and Yosemite Falls and Half Dome and, and El Capitan and the crowded traffic and <laughs> all of these things come in because you have memory that you put there. You have experiences that maybe at campsites. One word. And just like that, it came to the forefront of your mind let me give you another word your first kiss Mm. (laughs) Boy, I remember my first kiss and I would love to have my mother back again and kiss her again (laughs) but it doesn't matter you can say graduation you can say first baby You can be in a conversation this afternoon when people say something, it's going to trigger your memory and it comes flooding out. And folks, as you share the word of God, it's what you put in your heart and in your minds that you can be effective as ministers of the reconciliation. You see everybody in here, you're a minister. Says that in Corinthians, God said that, not me. He says you are ministers of the reconciliation. What does that mean? That means you can share the word enough To know how others can be reconciled to God. That's called sharing the gospel. You have enough. If you're born again, you should have enough in you to share the word of God with someone else that they can be reconciled to God. And the more you take the word of God in you, the greater it becomes for his glory. Look at verse 25. Good or bad. He says, son, remember, you had good things. Lazarus had evil things. You kept doing the evil things. And you're in hell today because of the rejection of God the Father because no man, every man is without excuse. You know what the most dreaded message in the Bible is? Eternal damnation. It's the most dreaded message Message in the Word of God. And the reason is there are people that will be forever in hell. And greater than what he was saying here, come and dip your finger and cool my tongue off, greater than the torture of the fire and the worms that will never die and the, the blackness of the time and the separation from God the Father, there's one thing and it's even worse than that, folks. It's the torment. Where does the torment come from? Right up here. There are people right now in hell. He's still here. There. There's people in hell today. And it's never going to end in their mind. I could have come. I could have come. I remember hearing the gospel. I could have come. I could have come. I should have come. It'll never end. That's torture. Wow. I think there's people sitting here this morning that you're so bound up in guilt from things of the past and God just wants you to tell him about it and have it cleansed. But it's like a tape and maybe it's been going on for 10, 20, 30 years. Miserable. There may be some of you seated, sitting here right now that you have such so much emotional trauma of Things in your family or whatever it is. And it goes on and on. And the memory is greater than you can bear. And there's some of you that have great memories of things recent. Graduations, birthday parties, whatever. Or people that have said the right thing. And those are good memories to have. So what activates our memories? I had to think about that. You know, we are like a data collecting beans, and 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 memory is where we live. <laughs> and so all these things are just right inside our little heads. And in 1970, I was at MJC, and I took a class, and it was called Cell Psychology. Maybe some of you have taken that. And all it was is a memory class. I loved it. And I took a speed reading class on Tuesdays, I think, and then the memory class was on... Um, well, Wednesdays, I forget. Let's see. <laughs> but one of the things we learn in our memory class, and I still use it today even when we do Scripture, it's, it's called, one of the things that you can do is called association. That's the way you can activate your memory. Association is called mnemonics if you take the class. And all that is, is the, the law of association, is you use things like a, le- a letter or a word that triggers a response. And I've done that with memorizing the Word of God. If I go into a public setting and they say, "Uh, Pastor Rumble, we want you to pray, immediately I think ACTS, A-C-T-S. I think adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. Somehow, I'm gonna get those four things out to give God the glory. It's just acronyms. And you can do it in ways, but you can do what we call the law of association. You can memorize scriptures, in in a really fun way if you just do association. My wife is a wonderful cook. There's thirteen verses of the Bible about ovens. There's one I'm trying to get her to memorize. Malachi 4 and 1. For behold the day that comes that shall burn as an oven. And there's all kinds of things. If you're a builder there's 39 Uh, scriptures in the word of God specifically to those that build memorize them as something encouraging if you're in the medical field there's 54 verses that specifically talk about doctors nurses in the medical field the healing of the body find verses that you enjoy that have something to do with your occupation I was a farmer for many years Galatians 6 sowing and reaping I memorized those It's just the law of association. Every good boy does fine. What's that? Yeah, music. It's just an acronym. It's a way you remember. And one of the great ways to remember the Word of God is by association. One of the reasons I get up in the morning before I go to bed at night, and Heidi and I, we always read the Word of God, sometimes not together. Why do I do that? Because Joshua 1 and Psalms 1 says that. Blessed is a man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate both day and night. That is a response that I remember it says the same thing in Joshua chapter one. Meditate, think, read on the word of God. you do it by association. Another way to activate your memory is we call concentration. Probably one of the hardest things in our culture today. In some ways, I feel sorry for the younger generation coming on because of all the technology. Yeah, you got your iPads, iPhones, but you don't sit down and read books anymore. You don't concentrate. You wonder why you might be flunking tests. Concentrate. Think. That's why I love Rick. When he comes up here and says, open your Bibles, read your Bibles. When you're doing that, you are concentrating with an act of the will. Think about the Israelites, the children of Israel. They chose by an act of the will to remember the leeks and the garlics. And when we're doing that, they're forgetting about God's blessing. The prodigal son down in the pig pen chose by an act of the will as he concentrated what Father's house was like. He says, I will arise and I will go to Father's house. This is what activates our memory. We associate, we concentrate. The Bible says in Philippians 4, think on these things. Why? Because when you think on things, anything that is honest, just, good report, You're going to live right. Think right. Live right. Share right. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 10 and 5 that we are to what? Bring everything into the obedience. Every thought into the obedience of Christ. When your life is full of anxiety and all of a sudden you're starting to get depressed about something. The Bible says now you bring all of your thoughts immediately into the captivity of Christ. And then it says, and let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And folks, when you concentrate in that sense, then you're going to have scriptures like Colossians 3 to set your thoughts, to set your affections on things above. Not the problems going on right now. Pause in your day and think about Him. And my favorite is what you just went through, and we all went through together a while ago Luke twenty-two nineteen. 19. This do in memory of me. That cross is a mute reminder of his faithfulness and what he's done for us. And he says, I don't want you to ever forget that. I love seeing the cross. It reminds me. And that's why Christ says, Do this, do this, do this in memory of me. And included with the concentration is we call the act of repetition. You're not going to read Psalm 102 and wake up eight years from now and have it memorized. I'm going to tell you why. If you only read it once, you're not going to memorize it unless you've got a photographic mind. But even then, you're probably not going to. It takes repetition. I would encourage all of you, if you're not memorizing, start, do it. Keep doing it. And included in that is the power of repetition. Why are some of you good ballplayers or good in sports? It's because you kept doing it. You kept practicing it. To read the Word of God, it takes practice. It takes repetition. Why does the Bible say in Ephesians 6... I want you to renew the inner man year by year. It doesn't say that. It says renew and strengthen the inner man day by day. Well, guess what? I feed this outward body every day. There's proof. (laughs) But sometimes we can hide the proof of how much we're feeding the inner man. But it's going to come out. Somebody comes to my office, they're down and out, and nothing's working right, Christianity has never worked, and all I got to do is ask them, do you read the Bible? No, it's boring. Well, my Bible says that if you love him, the Bible says, blessed is those that hunger and thirst after righteousness, and they're actually going to be filled. So somebody's lying here. You got to start reading the Word. If you want to enjoy him, you got to learn more about him and know more about him and the power of his resurrection listen I want to just read um, before I read that I just want to mention one more there is another way to activate your your, uh, memory and we have nothing to do with this one it's called conscience God the Father God the Son God the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is so good and what he does. Hallelujah. Now, what made Paul Maynard guest scream and say, I did it, was his conscience. What has made you and I from time to time go back and say we're sorry to somebody is because of your conscience. What made David scream out to Nathan the prophet after going two years after committing the sin with Bathsheba, it was his conscience. And God, even during that time, allowed him to write Psalm 32, even tell what he was going through. Bible says in Psalm 32 that his bones were waxing old, his, his conscience was roaring all night long, his moisture was turning to the drought of summer. That's what you and I go through when we cover sin. But our conscience is activated by our memory and God puts it in the forefront and you got a choice when he keeps putting it there. I think I've told this story before. I'll quickly go through a bit. <clears throat> uh, when I was farming, I, uh, I was 16 years old. helping helped my dad and my cousin and I went over to, uh, well, it was right across the street here, Uncle Roger Gish's. And uh, we got on his electric egg cart and we were riding it around. Uncle Roger was gone. And I drove the thing off the cliff. And it shattered the egg cart. That's a bad boy. Well, he wasn't my uncle yet by marriage. So I call him Uncle Roger now because he is. But uh, I was 16. And, and my cousin and I, uh, we didn't know what to do. I think it was, it was wrecked. I never said a word about it. Wow. 20 years later after I married into the Gish family. And I remember saying something to Heidi about it, and she'd always say, go talk to him about it. Finally, one day, on a tractor, in an Ammon orchard, I'm riding along, and this Holy Spirit just kept saying, you got to deal with this thing. I parked the tractor, got in my truck, drove over here, and Uncle Roger was in his office, out by the egg thing, and I went in, I said, Uncle Roger, I man, I got to tell you something really bad. I I did. And he said, well, Gordon, what was it? I says, years ago, I took your egg cart and I drove it off the ramp and I wrecked it. It it smashed a smithereens. And he started laughing. And he says, wow, I always wondered who did that. (laughs) And Gordon, it was you. I said, yeah, it really was. I said, how much do you want me to pay out? He says, no, no, no. But he says, was it worth the misery? I said, no, no. So, folks, how can we lift up God and, and magnify the Lord with our memories? I want to read um, Psalm 103. Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of His benefits. Who forgives all our iniquities. Who heals our life and its diseases. Who redeems our lives from destruction. Who crowns our head with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies our mouth with good things. So that our our youth is renewed like the eagle's. Any time, any of us, and we have these times, folks, that we get fretting about things, worried about the future, whatever it is, don't forget God. And I have found that when I'm going through a, a tough time, and we all have them, when I'm going through a tough time, the quicker. The quicker I get back to verses in the Word of God, and the quicker I'm into prayer and those kind of things, and don't and quit forgetting about what He's done in the past, the quicker it brings me out of that. It's a choice we make. But if I don't have anything in here to go to, then I'm going to probably remain in my misery. My favorite verse in the Bible, Psalm 119, verse 165. Great peace have they which love the Lord and his law, and nothing will ever bother them. That's a good one for me. If I'm in town in traffic, things bother me. And all I got to do is sit at the next stoplight for two minutes and pray instead of getting all upset about it like some granny in front of me. And I'm a Grandpa. But sometimes it just goes like that. I would encourage some of you, go get your old prayer journals out and look at the things that God has answered and blessed you with over the years. It's amazing. And every time we forget his blessings, and every time we forget how he has saved us, and every time we forget how he has covered our iniquities, we go back and we forget and we forget. And guess what happens? We forfeit so many good things that he's wanting to do in your life. Proof of that, Go ask any Israeli that wandered for 40 years in the desert. The Bible says they forgot him, and so they forfeited blessing. They forfeited the fellowship. You want to for- forfeit fellowship with him? Forget about him. You want to have great intimacy with the word the Lord just get in His word? and memorize what he is saying and take it into your life because your memories will affect your heart either for blessing or without him it's a bombshell or bomb ready to go off here's my challenge to you and I'm going to make this challenge to the the younger people when I say young I say 20s and 30s and 40s it's alright no But I would love to have somebody in their 20s, 30s, and 40s, because that's when I got serious about memorizing. I would love to see Big Valley Grace Church have the whole Bible memorized for this reason. We're living in a culture today that it's going to come sometime. We're not going to maybe have the Word of God. It's going to be called a hate crime. It would be so Can't think of a better word. It'd be so awesome or cool to have Big Valley Grace have the whole Bible memorized. Did you realize if we got serious about it and one of you youth would get together and get this thing planned, so we could sign up what verses we want? Did you know though, this church could have the whole Bible memorized in one month? Let me show you how easy that really is. Let's just say there's three thousand of us. Well, divided in 1,189 chapters, that means you only have to memorize a third of a chapter. Wow, that's nothing. Maybe even make it more clear. There's 33,000 verses. You only got to memorize 11 verses in the Bible. Ratchet it down a little bit more. You only have to memorize 121 words. 121 words? That's nothing. You could do it easily in a month. But it would be so neat. And I will go ahead and take Matthew 1, which is all the genealogies or something out of numbers. But I had somebody text me last night. They've already signed up for chapters. But it would be so neat that some youth, somebody young, get this thing to have everybody sign up. This church, if the Bible would ever be taken out of our presence, would have the entire Bible memorized. The Bible says in Jeremiah, this thing is alive and it's spiritual. That would be so cool. The Bible says in Philippians that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And when we have the word of God, there is nothing more powerful in our life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for memory. Father, we realize that it's a way of just holding on to things we really do love. And we love a lot of things. And the things that we really are right now is because of the memories we had in the past. And, and the things that we'll never want to lose in the future is the memories that we have right now. And Father, bless everybody here. Everybody here in different phases and walks and journeys of life and all kind of things are slamming into us. And Father, fortify our lives with the memories of good things, of truth, of the Word. And bless each family here as we go from this place today. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Folks, you're dismissed. Go home.